millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Adiola Depot here. Thank you so much for downloading Fight Night Extra. A reminder that I'll be joined every single Monday live on TalkSport 2 by Gareth A. Davis to dissect all the latest from the world of boxing and MMA. 2021 is set to be a huge year for boxing, both in the UK and abroad, and we'll have you covered every single step of the way. If you can't join us live, make sure you subscribe to the Fight Night Podcast channel to ensure you don't miss an episode. And while you're there, you can also check out some of the other great boxing programming, the likes of Fight Night, Fight of My Life, and the boy from Brownsville, the Mike Tyson story. Good afternoon, everyone. If you love your boxing and you love your MMA, then look, let's be honest, this is the show for you, Final Extra, where myself, Adi Oladipo, and the great Gareth A. Davis will be looking forward to some of the biggest fights that could and should happen in 2021. Today, we'll discuss Liam Williams' defeat against Demetrius Andrade over the weekend. The latest on AJ Fury. I know Gareth A. Davis is going to keep us updated about that. The fallout from Jake Paul against Ben Askren and... We'll also be welcoming Michael Conlon onto the show around 40, around 4.30. This is Final Extra here on TalkSport 2. Sort of reading all these various stories. It's going to be at Wembley on the 24th of July and so forth. But I don't see how any of that can happen in July or even early August from my perspective because Robert McCracken is AJ Anthony Joshua's trainer. He's also the Olympic, uh, our Olympic team head coach. So he's going to be in Japan. Entrade with that wide stance. Mm. Oh, and one, two, down goes Williams. Your winner by unanimous decision. He is still undefeated and still the WBO middleweight champion of the world, Demetrius Stalking his prey, comes in with a rolls, a good sweeping left hand. And to Cooch, trying to wrap up against the ropes, Collin on the attack, and that's it. Another headshot reigns in, and it's a TKO win for Michael Conley. Jake Paul sparred with former world champion John Pascal. And Give also my money, Jake. Finish him! Yeah, Finish him! Finish him! Finish him! Finish him! What a right I like the nice little tribute there to DMX, uh, the background moves. Whoever done that, well done. Salute to you, sir. Salute to you. 
mister. All right, let's talk about um, the big news. Uh, Gareth, look, I've been bugging you for an update with regards to AJ Fear. We are going to talk about it a bit more in the second half of the show, but what is the latest? What can you tell us? Can we get excited? Yes or no? Yes, we can indeed, Eddie. Um, Eddie Hearns revealed to me and a couple of others that it's going to be between the 24th of July and oh. early August. Right, if it has to go on during the Olympics, it will go on during the Olympics. We're talking Fury and Joshua, of course, the big one. It's going to be in an indoor 20,000 stadium. Saudi Arabia is still favourite. Mm. Both men have agreed um, on that final deal. They've yeah. just got to square up the date now. They've, um, he's spoken to Tyson Fury last week. We are basically on. We are just waiting for the official announcement now. Okay, not to sound negative. I don't want to. I'm not going to put any negativity on this because look, I'm, I'm more excited, trust me, than the most out there. Um, is there a deadline as to when it has to be done by? Like in no, terms of no, 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 no sign no. on the dotted line. We're, we're good. No, there's no deadline. There's okay. no nothing. They're, they've both agreed. Mm. They're both on. They've both agreed that they're going to go to that place and they'll deal with whichever date it is. They're both happy with how far away it is in the future. Mm. They're both happy. He's talking about them both walking in at the same time. That so is that strange. And no, it's not. It's amazing. It'll be amazing. Imagine them both climbing into the ring at the same time. <laughs> it's going to be electric. It's really, really good news today. Uh, managed myself with a couple of other national boys to break that about midday today. I th- honestly, um, Eddie was... He doesn't want to let it all out, but mm. he can't stop himself. He's put a lot of work into it. And, and so he should. He, look, he should be excited. I mean, a lot of people critique Eddie for speaking. He, he speaks like a fan, right? He wants to give out the good news. He'll be making the biggest British boxing fight of all time, one of the biggest fights we've seen of all time. He should be excited, and he should give us a few crumbs now and again. And obviously, this one isn't a crumb he's giving you. He's giving you the whole loaf of the bread, it sounds like. seems like you're now saying this fight will happen. And look, again, we're going to talk about it more in the second Lovely. half of the of the show. Uh, what I do want to touch on at the top is Liam Williams and that defeat to Demetrius Andrade in America um, for the WBO middleweight crown. Um, he had a go. He was tough. Um, he came on well, I thought, in the second half of the fight, especially considering that he got knocked down in round two. Um, what did you make of the fight all, all in all, though, Gareth? It was, it was a fascinating, intriguing fight. Again, you know, between a very, very tough slugger in Liam Williams from yeah. the Ronda Valley, who... Mm has been on a great tear, seven KOs or TKOs in his last seven, ready for this, uh, mentally ready, um, against a, a brilliant, very defensive fighter with heavy hands who doesn't like being hit. Who he is doesn't, a world-class operator. He really doesn't mm. like being hit. And I thought my take was that it was an awkward, ugly, horrible fight to watch in many ways. Because <laughs> couldn't Andrew, agree Andrew, more with that statement. I couldn't no, agree but, more. But, but I thought if it had been in the UK and there'd been a different referee, or if there'd been a different referee, the referee allowed Andre to hold and hold and hold for the last seven rounds, in my view. So mm. he was smothering Williams, who was over-eager himself. Yeah. And but but when he did land, like in the ninth round, he buckled Andre's knees. Mm. Um and you know, I think there were glimpses of real vulnerability about Andrade as well, that if you can get him under pressure, you may well be able to stop him and hurt him. Um, I thought it was a very valiant effort by Williams. He said, I want to stay at world level. I think he deserves to do Agreed. so. And I think against the right kind of opponent, uh, a world-class, world-title tear-up will be on the line. I mean, I think Williams comes out of it with his stock risen because his eye was cut in the fifth. Mm. Like you say, he was down... 
in, in the second and, and got up at the count of 9.99999, didn't he? I, I thought it was out. <laughs> I thought it was out. He, he looked at the corner. I thought, well, what's he doing? Does he realise we're at eight now? He needs to get up. And he got up just... Honestly, wow. I've seen some American referees that would wave it off and that's it, Absolutely. it's done. Yeah, Absolutely. but look, credit to him. You, you write about Dimitri Zandra. I, I was, I'm struggling to work out how good he is, if I'm honest with you. Um, he, he's, when he put his punches together, I thought he looked really good sometimes when he put them together, punches and bunches. But overall, disappointed. Disappointed at the holding as well. Like every time Williams got in close, he held and he'd done this really good thing about putting his arm out as if to say, look, ref, I'm, he's holding me, like break this up. And the referee jumped in every single second. Is there a weight issue problem for him? There's been a lot of talk about him struggling to make the 160 limit and punch resistance possibly going because of that. Is that an excuse or is that a real issue? No, I think he's, you know, he, he's he's starting to find it difficult at the weight. I mean, I've, I've, I've spent time with Boo Boo and he's mm. a big guy, you know. Mm. Um, and, and I think he was probably struggling at the weight. But I don't, he's not a guy <clears throat> who likes to engage in a tear-up. You know, Liam Williams is the worst style for him. If <laughs> Liam had been a, a little bit more lateral with his movement yeah. and hadn't followed him around the whole time, it might have been, you know, a better night for him. But I think that, that's Andrade's style. He, mm. he likes to do that. He's very elusive. He's always very heavy-handed in the first three or four rounds. He, he hit Williams with his best uppercuts and his... Brilliant hooks, and he's a tricky southpaw anyway. Yeah. I was, while I was watching it, you know, Addy, I was imagining if Billy, Billy Joe, Joe I knew you was going to say that. And it yeah. would have been a horrible It would have been match. the worst fight probably yeah. in the history of the middleweight division between those two. 24 punches we'd have had in 12 <laughs> rounds landing. And, 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 and it would have been a weird split decision one way or the other. Because they would have just cancelled each other out. It would, so I don't want to see those two fights ever. The problem is, though, I mean, we, we don't want to see that. Look, well, I don't think we're going to see that. But in terms of what Eddie Hearn does in getting Andrade an opponent, I don't know... If, <laughs> Who does, who does he go for? I mean, does he cross the showtime and fight Jamal Charlo on pay-per-view? Does he do that? Does he wait for uh, Manguir or Golovkin? Can he entice them in the ring? Is there enough money for those fights to happen? It's a tough one with Eddie and Demetrius, I think, because he doesn't bring the big money to the table, but he is a 2-8 world unbeaten champion. He deserves Absolutely. the big money, but he doesn't bring it. Former world amateur champion yeah. as well, two eight world champion. He's a formidable foe for anyone. We shouldn't we shouldn't write him off or of talk him down too much either. But mm. um, you know, you mentioned two of the world champions there, Golovkin and Charlo. There's uh, Marata out there, yeah. Ryota Marata. The, the, the annoying thing about the middleweight division at the moment is they're not having any unifications, and and I think it is very disappointing because there's some terrific matchups there. Look, Eddie will. Wave his magician's wand and create some <laughs> magic. But they may over may have to cross over to a rival network Agreed. or a rival promoter in order to get that done. But Mungia's a great challenge as well. Mm. And I always like Mungia. He's very heavy-handed, Jaime Mungia, because... I that mean, scares me. After watching Liam Williams, and this is no disrespect to Liam Williams, I think Mungia's a level above that, but fights like Liam Williams. So it's aggression, it's punches, it's walking you down. And seeing the way in which... Andrade almost folded in that round nine. I can see Munguia just honestly um, folding him. I really can. And Munguia puts it on him. Yeah, well, his dad was a heavyweight, remember? So you, yeah. you know he's big bones, mm. you know, and he's, and he's a vicious kind of fighter. <laughs> yeah. It's a great, it, again, 
He's probably, I would say, marginally like Liam Williams and Mungia would be oh, an amazing man. scrap, wouldn't it? Sign me up for that now. Yeah, Honestly, exactly. that would be I could see Mungia stopping. I could see Mungia stopping uh, Demetrius now. Um, Demetrius, if he got to him, and I don't think Eddie Hearn's going to put him in with him anytime. It's a shame as well. Thirty-three now. He, yeah. He's not had those big fights that, that obviously he wants. You look at the resume at one fifty-four and one sixty. He has been calling out for those big names. Missed out on the Billy Joe Saunders fight. We know. What happened there? It's a shame. Do you think he gets a big fight next? Do you think that's going to happen at 160 or even 168 if he goes up? Well, you know, that there have been boxers in history, like guys who've gone on to 50 and 60 and had his kind of style. Um, Johnny Nelson's one of those. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I love Johnny. He's a great friend of mine, but he used to stink some joints out. Because <laughs> no one could get near him. He was a yeah. giant cruiserweight who'd come down yeah. from heavyweight. No one could get anywhere near him. Those big hands, massive physique, six foot three, big wide man with massive arms, mm. tiny waist, and he squeezed into that 200 pound division. And the thing is that, that you know, I, I think the problem for Boo Boo is that he's not, he's not a fan pleaser. This is it. So, you know, it, it, it doesn't generate a great amount of excitement. Like you say, we got excited about Mungia fighting him, but it's because we want to see if Mungia can knock him out. That's the problem, So I right? think that's mm. what they've got to set him up as. The defensive genius who doesn't like to be tagged against guys that want to come in and tear his head off. Mm. So in many ways, promotionally, um, I think Mungia will be a great fight. Yeah, we are going to um, talk loads more about this next subject a bit later towards the end of the show. I still want to get your take on the whole event, and that's that Triller event um, headlined by Jake Paul versus Ben Askren, right? Former Bellator champion, former UFC fighter Ben Askren. Um, what did you make of it, Gareth? You're, you're a man um, of uh, that will be honest and open about this Triller event and everything. What did you make of it all? Well, as, as I've said to you many times, you know, um, boxing and fight sports survive around hype and promotion, and it got a lot of hype and a lot of promotion. It and did. a lot of eyeballs on it. They're saying one point, or Jake Paul yeah, is saying... Yeah, I don't know about that. It did 1.3 million, but he also said he had CTE, and you can't tell from <laughs> yeah. someone has passed away when yeah. they dissect the brain, sadly, mm. um, whether someone has got CTE or not. So, you know, he's full of a lot of bullcrap, basically, and, um, you know, that's the way he sells himself. What, do I th what did I think of the event? Yeah, it was okay. There were long, long, long... And then there's nothing wrong with the, the musical acts they had on there. They were phenomenal. They're global stars in yeah. their own right. But I just thought it dragged on. I think Far was the first long. fight was in, uh, 90 minutes, and I got very bored of that mm. because I think... You know, I watched... I, I had stayed up till four in the morning on Friday till four in the morning on Saturday to watch... We'll talk about the MMA later, but yeah. to watch the Bellator event. And it was really fast. Yeah. And real action all the time. The fighters were straight into the ring, into the cage, rather. Um, and I think that's what fans want to see. At the they mm. don't want to see an event stretched out. I think they need to finesse their event a little bit. Um, I don't have any objection to it. Um, Oscar looked, like, it, Oscar looked like he was having fun in the commentary booth. He did. So yeah, did yeah. Snoop Dogg's like having your uncle in there. Come and Honestly, it really... Round, your, round on your big sofa. It was, it? It, was, it was interesting <laughs> and crazy to say the least. We are going to speak a bit about Bellator as well a bit later. Paul Daly, a uh, big win yeah. for him. Hasn't fought since, what, 2019. We'll touch on that at the end. What next for Paul Daly? 38 now, Mr. Semtex. But look, we, I think we've seen he's still got, still got naughtiness in both hands as well. That a bit later. All right, you're listening to Fight Night Extra here on TalkSport 2. Remember, we're here every single Monday afternoon to discuss all the latest from the world of boxing and MMA. If you've missed any of the show and like to listen again, then you can check out our podcast over at TalkSport.com under the Fight Night banner. AJ. 
I'm gonna punch your head in, you big dog. He's a warm-up act, but ultimately my job's to close the show. Deontay Wilder, who's been down, who's been absolutely pummeled, and the towel comes in! The towel comes in! Tyson Fury is a winner in Las Vegas! Jay Reyes, he throws in the towel. Tyson Fury has done the remarkable. Huge right hand, and Klitschko is somehow trying to survive, but Anthony Joshua tumbles in again. What fitness, what heart from Klitschko, but the fight has been stopped. Lift off for AJ. We've signed the contracts to fight. We had to present them on the last Sunday with the offers that we've had. Everybody agreed on this particular offer. The voice there of Eddie Hearn. Um, look, Gareth Davis still with us. Gareth, um, it's going to happen, isn't it? It's yeah. going to happen, yeah? It is. Um, look, the, this blockbuster undisputed heavyweight fight between Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua, I quote Eddie Hearn, is contractually there mm. for a date between July 24 and early August. And I quote him again, will not be impacted by the Olympic Games in Tokyo. And he added that both of them ex have accepted one specific proposal, which is believed to be Saudi Arabia. He says it's going to be 20,000 fans. It's going to be an indoor venue because, of course, at that time of the year, Addy, it's too in hot. Saudi Arabia, it's too hot. It's, too hot. it's mm. extreme heat. Um, and he's, you know, we know, everybody says, he said, that we know that both sides have signed the agreement. They've both accepted one specific proposal and we are finalising that with contracts going backwards and forwards and tiny, tiny points getting ironed out we haven't finalized an exact date july 24 is the rough date but it may kind of break into early august but no later than that the olympics will be a different time zone so it's not really in the mindset okay. i.e we are on okay Th that olympics thing is good but again i'm gonna ask the questions what about rob mccracken who we know plays an integral part when it comes to gb boxing right he's part of that setup and has been part of the gb boxing setup for many many years what about him? What's the situation with Rob and going to the Olympics or sticking with AJ? Well, again, quoting Eddie Hearn, he says, we don't have a choice. There are mm. too many people and things to fit around already with the fighters, the trainers, the country, countries, the time zones and the Olympics. So um, the plan is to go ahead accordingly. And he said, I know that AJ and Rob have been talking about this, so I'm sure they'll work it out. So it will depend on timings, Eddie. Yeah. Um, and you look, it could be inappropriate, but it's the biggest fight yeah, in right. boxing yeah. and the biggest moment in AJ's career. So they've going to have they're going to have to work it out. No, you know, agreed. Rob loves working with the Olympic team, um, but they cannot move it a couple of weeks on either side. Someone, i.e., the site fee promoters, are spending a lot of money, and Hearn says so. We have to go whenever they say. All right, let's talk about just how big a fight this is. I mean, look, we we both know it's easily the biggest fight we've ever seen in terms of British boxing, right? Let's talk numbers. Everyone likes to hear those numbers, right? Pay-per-view numbers. How many How many could it sell? What are you thinking? I, I've been telling people, like, especially people across the pond in America who maybe don't understand how big this is over here from our standpoint, that this fight does 2.5, 3 million pay-per-view-wise. Where are you? I do agree with that. I think, you know, it's going to reach the 3 million mark mm. in this country. <laughs> it's incredible, And it, it wouldn't surprise me if it got up to close to a million in America. Wow. Um, I think there's a lot of interest in Tyson Fury. I think they... This will be promoted like nothing ever before. <laughs> Eddie Hearn will be selling, you know, uh, snake skins to the Reddit, the American Indians. He will be selling sand um, to the Arabs. Uh, he will, and he will be selling ice. 
to, to the, the Eskimos, the Eskimos. Yeah. And, and 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 all of those and all of those and above and yeah. so it, it will be I, I imagine we will have three or four press conferences mm. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a global tour um, they will really really promote this and of course we've got potentially four broadcasters involved with DAZN, who I understand are probably going to get the global rights, yeah. Sky Box Office in the UK, BT Sport Box Office in the UK, and ESPN uh, in America, which obviously are Tyson Fury, with mm. whom Tyson Fury has a deal with Bob Arum. So four broadcasters. It's going to be a global event. This is going to be on a scale with the Rumble in the Jungle, the Thriller in Manila, all those great fights between yeah. Muhammad Ali um, Joe Frazier and George Foreman, forty-five, well, thirty-six years ago. You know, mm. so it's I mean, it's probably even longer than that. Yeah, it's fifty-six it, no, 50, years yeah. ago. Yeah. So um, look, it, it's massive. It's Eddie Hearns as even saying, look, it's bigger than the Olympics. It's bigger than the Olympics for some people, but it's not as big a global event as the Olympics, obviously. But do you know what? In my time covering the sport over the last three decades, I can't remember mm. massive fights taking place during the Olympics. But you know what? When they look at Tokyo in a different time zone, people are going to be switched on to sport anyway over those couple of weeks. I don't think it does any harm having it at the same time as the Olympics. It really doesn't. It's primetime UK. And, you know, it may even enhance the promotion if they have it at the same time that the Olympics on. If they do go in very late July or at the very end of the Olympics when people are looking for something different. Mm. When we think of the biggest fights of all time, especially when we're talking uh, numbers and, and, and money and figures and financials and pay-per-views, obviously, look, Floyd dominates that, right? Floyd versus Manny Pacquiao. Do we class Floyd as Connor as a fight? Let's do it for the sake of this argument. Floyd versus Connor. You think of Floyd versus Canelo, Floyd versus Oscar. It's all Floyd, 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 really domination. How close is it to catching a Floyd versus Oscar in terms of... So forget Pac-Man and Conor. It's not going to do that. right? That's, that's incredible stuff. But in terms of Floyd versus an Oscar, how close is it to catching those kind of numbers, do you think? Well, look, I mean, um, as you say, Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao grossed around about 700 million US dollars. I'll repeat that. 700 million US dollars. Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather, 600. I mean, obviously, Conor McGregor is a, it was a massive draw for two or three years. Um, Oscar De La Hoya and Floyd Mayweather. Uh, Evander Holyfield and Mike Tyson. Yeah, all yeah. those years ago was a $200 million fight. But, but we understand that the, the, the two protagonists in this fight could share the spoils of 200 million between them, close to 100 million each. I think that's dipped a little bit. Mm. Um, you know, it might be 80 million in there. It's extraordinary sums of money being bandied about, of course. Um, so those are the very big fights. I mean, if you look at... Um, Ali Frazier at the time, those kind of fights, you know, the fight of the century in 1971 mm. at Madison Square Garden, that was an enormous fight in its own right at the time, watched by literally billions of people around the world. I mean, obviously, it was all closed circuit television at the time. It wasn't pay-per-view. But I do agree with you. I think... You know, there are massive sums to be made. That's why all the broadcasters are interested. All the promoters are interested because it is massive financially. It, it really is. Let, let's hear from Tyson Fury's promoter, Frank Warren, who's been speaking to Jim White and Simon Jordan on TalkSport about how the fight won't take place for at least a couple of months. Let's hear what uh, Frank Warren had to say. I'm sort of reading all these various stories. It's going to be at Wembley on the 24th of July and so forth. But I don't see how any of that can happen in July or even early August from my perspective, because Robert McCracken is AJ Anthony Joshua's trainer. 
He's also the Olympic, uh, our Olympics team's head coach. So he's going to be in Japan. And I think the Olympics start on the 23rd of July. And I don't know, even know what the quarantine period is. That's if Robert McCracken's still training AJ. Maybe he's not training the, uh, the Olympic squad. I'm not sure. But if it's late August, we'll be very lucky. Maybe September. An offer's been imminent for quite a while now, as you know, the various conversations. And like I always say, till it's actually here and you can feel it and touch it, it doesn't mean nothing. Gareth, you heard those words there from Frank Warren, Tyson Fury, Smurr, obviously alongside uh, Bob Arum. Um, late August, early September, he's saying quite different to what we're hearing, but that's what he's saying. Um, what would you make of Frank Warren's comments there? Well, I mean, I don't disagree with his argument, but I, mm. I think that the fight's too big for Rob McC- for them not to have it because of Rob McCracken. Yeah, agreed. Um, you know, and I think he'll be... Anthony Joshua will be working with him all the way through the camp. All the right things will have been done. Um, I've even heard that Anthony Joshua has been scoping out another person potentially, and I, and I, and I say potentially, Pedro Diaz mm. working in his corner instead of Rob McCracken actually on the night. Um, you know... Frank's got his argument. Far be it from me to to argue with Frank. He may be right o- over that, but I but I think Rob McCracken um, has a big job with the Olympic team. It's a job he loves. I can't see him stepping away from that. Um, but you never know. I mean, there may be millions on the table for him to earn here, and he, it, it might be his last gig. Uh, you know, uh, with the with the Olympic team. So it's difficult. And by the way, while we're talking, Frank Warren, uh, make it or die trying is a a BT Sport documentary out on Frank Warren at the moment, BT Sport film. Absolutely the, I've amazing. seen the trailer for it. The, even the trailer looks amazing. So just based on the trailer, it does look really, really good. I've seen a lot of people in it and a lot of people talking about it as well. So agreed, I concur with what you're saying. It looks fascinating. Is it already out? It is already out. Okay. It's on. You can you can pull it off the the the. You don't you don't have to wait for it to come out again. You can download it. I mean, I took part in it. I was privileged and honoured to take part in it as well. They obviously um, they forgot my number. I'm guessing. <laughs> I hear you're busy enough. I'm anyway. busy enough. I'm busy enough, Gav. All right, you listen to Final Extra here on Talksport 2. Remember, here every single Monday afternoon to discuss all the latest from the world of boxing and mixed martial arts. If you've missed any of the show and like to listen again, then you can check out our podcast over at talksport.com under the Fight Night banner. Don't go anywhere. Our next guest you definitely want to hear from the always controversial but fantastically skilled boxer, Michael Conlon, joins us. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is, the reigning and defending WBO Intercontinental featherweight champion, Michael Stalking his prey, comes in with a roll, it's a good sweeping left hand. And Takuch trying to wrap up against the ropes, Conlon on the attack, and that's it. Another headshot reigns in, and it's a TKO win for Michael Conlon. I just have the best team, and I leave everything in their hands, but I know next time, and I fight for the world title at 122, which I will, I'll be world champion. This is Final Extra here on TalkSport 2. Remember, if you've missed any of today's show, you can always catch up with our podcast. Just search for the Final Banner wherever you download your podcast for access to all previous episodes. I, I'm so excited to be speaking to this man next. Um, I think, look, I've said this and I don't want to put any pressure on him. Apologies if I do. World champion next year. I've said it. I think world champion next year, currently unbeaten. It's Belfast's very own Michael Conlon who joins Final Extra right now. Michael, thank you so much for giving us some of your time. Um, I've just, you know, I saw a picture of you, Michael. I think it must have been about four or five days ago and you were showing yeah. your weight cut, like where you were a couple of weeks ago and where you are now. Dude, there's nothing left of you. I, mean, I don't know how you still make featherweight. There's nothing left of you, Mike. No, no, I'm in great shape. I'm in great shape at the minute. Um, it's a pleasure to be on, guys. But um, no, my, my weight's fantastic. Um, my my fitness, my, my my physical and mental condition is, you know, in, in its peaks at the minute. So, you know, I, I'm really excited about this next fight. It's great to have you on, Mick. Um, I want to know about um, Ion Ionut Baluta. What do you know about this yeah. guy? He's 14 and two. We don't know a lot about him. Well, listen, he's just beat two Irish guys in a row. Um, one former world champion who just lost his world title and was having his kind of comeback parade, um, TJ Donaghy. Mm. Um, you know, he, he, he beat TJ and he beat, he beat him well. Um, and then he stopped my former Olympic teammate, David Oliver Joyce, uh, on one of the BT Sport shows not too long ago. So, you know, it's he, he he's coming for a third time lucky against an Irish man, but, I'm, but but unfortunately he's fighting, you know, the 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 best one around the minute in my opinion. So I, I think, you know, I'll go in there and I'll look spectacular. But you know, it's a he's a young, dangerous, you know, kid who obviously is riding a, a big wave of confidence at the minute, obviously doing a few Irish guys and thinking he's gonna come in and do me, but unfortunately it's not gonna happen. Mick, um, you know, as Addy was suggesting just then, um, you know, um, a world title fight in the next yep. year or so is that is that in on the radar for you at the moment? Obviously, it's this a year. stacked division. Oh, this, oh, year. Oh, is it this, this year, this year, this year, this year, one hundred percent, I'll be world champion this year. I know that, you know, I'm, I'll be mandatory for the WBO after this. Um, Stephen Fulton um, mm. from Philadelphia, he's the champion at the minute. But he is scheduled to fight the winner of 
um, Neri versus Figueredo. Uh, yeah, yeah, Figueroa, um, which happened. That, that fight is supposed to be scheduled for September, but I'll fight the winner, whether it's going to be Neri, Figueroa, or Fulton. I'm unsure, but I know I'll fight the winner this year at some stage. So I'm excited. Um, I've got my eyes set on on Baluta first, but you know I, I know that once my opportunity comes, with both hands, I'll take it and I'll be world champion. How would you say your development from being a very good standout amateur to a pro's gone? Sometimes I'm always concerned about sort of a very good amateur and how they deal with the professional yeah. ranks. Uh, you've done it very, very well. We've seen others, unfortunately, fall off. How, how would you say yours has gone and, and why do you think you've gone so well in it? Yeah, I think it's I think it's gone well enough. Um, it's maybe took a little bit more time than what I thought, but, you know, that's maybe that's... 18 years of amateur boxing, um, having the kind of be, you know, habits being changed and little little things being fixed for the pro game. And mm. you know, I, I think now I'm 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 almost there in terms of where I want to be. Um, I'm more complete as a professional fighter now than what I was at the start. But I feel and and now I believe I'm ready to fight any of the guys and any of the champions. Um, uh, but make- yeah, listen, it's it's different for other guys, but I think I've done it nicely. Mick, obviously, like you say, you, you want to become a super bantamweight world champion, but I, I think I'm right in saying you're still ranked in the top 15 with the WBC at featherweight as well. Yeah. Um, yep. So if you win the world title, you, you know, as Addy alluded to, you know, physically you're having to drain down. Is that a step up straight away if you become a world champion at super bantam? No, well, if, if uh, not straight away, but definitely eventually. Um... Because if you look there, the champions, the Super Bowl, with the, the unified world champion, um, who is with Matrim and the zone, mm. uh, is uh, Mirajon Akhmedaliev. And the yeah. guy who I beat in the world final to win my world championship gold medal was Mirajon Akhmedaliev. So I think <laughs> yeah. I'll, I, wow. I, I, I'll, I'll, run that, I'll run that back if we're going to go for a, a unification. Um, nice. You know, that, that would be no problem. I would, I would love that fight. That would be one, you know, I, I would stay in Super Bowl the way for. But I don't think. I'll be there for a long time. I think that, you know, I'll win the belt, maybe defend it, hopefully unify it, and then move straight up to featherweight, win one, defend it, move up again. I've always said, and, and look, Gareth can jump in if he wants to, but I've always thought that super bantam, feather, lightweight, I, I think there's sharks everywhere. Honestly, I, you know, yeah. you look at look what happened with Josh Warrington, and I think we all predicted that Josh would get the job done there. They're everywhere in that division. Um, so look, good luck jumping up weight class or whoever you fought uh, fight in that division. I want to quickly get your thoughts on Carl Frampton and that loss, if you don't mind, yeah. uh, Michael. Um, disappointing defeat. Obviously, look, he's rolling the dice. He was taking on a very big man, Jamal Herring. Um, what did you make of it? What did you make of the occasion? I've been very critical saying, you know, like, if I, I love Carl and I wanted Carl to go out in yeah. front of his fans, right? If he's going to go out, go in front of his fans, four or 5,000, wherever it is in America. What did you make of the event there? No fans, the spectacle. What's your thoughts? It's kind of fitting with the times we are in, unfortunate, mm. but you got to deal with it, isn't it? It's yeah. the same kind of situation everybody's in at the minute. Um, you know, I was got it for card. He 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 reached for greatness. Unfortunately, he didn't, you know, achieve that third world title and you know, that that world title in the third division. But you know, I still believe his achievements have been fantastic throughout his whole career. What yeah. a fighter! What a what a human being, uh, in general. Um, just an all-round good guy, loved by everybody universally. So, you know, he's he's a great guy. He 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 tried to tried to reach the stars, but unfortunately fell short. 
unfortunate that we're in COVID and, and the only opportunity he got to do that was in front of no fans. Mm. But, you know, if, if he had achieved it, how good would that have been? It wouldn't have mattered if there was fans agreed. there or not. But, yeah, agreed. You know, now, now that he hasn't, there's no point to dwell on it. It was just, it was the opportunity which came up. He he took it, fell short, but I don't think it's dented any of his credit or legacy at all. Seconding all those things that you said about Carl there, of course, Mickey. And, and, and the thing is this. Um, I wonder, and I've heard your elegies to his career, some beautiful things you said about him as a man and as a fighter. Is there any chance that you may end up getting mentored by Carl and maybe down the line in three years' time, two, three years' time, we could be talking about you going to become the first Irishman to win world championships in three weight divisions. Wouldn't shock me. Wouldn't shock me. That, that, that was that was that was always my aim. That was always my aim because I knew that was the bar which was set, and I knew the card was. I was rooting for Carl to have they, they, they would take the opportunity and become the first. But you know, my my upper, my aim was when I turned professional was to become a three weight world champion and be Ireland's first and only ever. Mm. Um, but you know, I, now I actually have the opportunity to do it. I just need to get my first one and get on the road and get it started. But um, yeah, listen, Carl's always been kind of a, a mentor to me. He always gives me advice. He always, he always sends me a message and stuff. So I have the utmost respect for him. He, he changed boxing yeah. in Ireland forever. He done he, what, he, what he's done for, for, for the generation of pro fighters here around now and coming through is everything because the only, there was no, before Carl Frampton, there was no pro boxing in Belfast. Mm-hmm. And once he started to bring the shows to Belfast and, and put on the performances, put on, he inspired the next generation. And now you're seeing it all play out. No, no, we are. Look, we're seeing you, Michael. And I mean, that's living proof of it, right? Look, your first fight of the year, this one will be. We don't want to look past Belutra. I certainly aren't. But if you are looking about getting out again next, when are you thinking, um, providing that this one goes through smooth sailing, which I'm sure it will, but I'm, I'm more talking yeah. from injury perspective. When are you looking at being out again? September, October? Uh, August. I'll go August. You're not I'll playing about, August. are you, Mickey? Jeez. Nah, I'll, I'll go. <laughs> Four August. months I'll go. away. There's no point. Listen, there's no point of, of waiting around. I, I stay in shape. Um, I I don't drink. I don't I don't have a party type lifestyle. So I'm a family man. I'll mm. get back to my family for a few days, a few weeks, maybe, and then I'll be straight back in the training. And hopefully, we if if the world title opportunity isn't exactly next, then it is December or November. You know, I, I, I'm happy to kind of go straight away in August. I'll go August and then I'll go world title. Or if they say you have to wait for the world title, which is the end of the year, I probably will say, okay, if, that, if that's what you want me to do, I will. But, you know, if I can fight in August, you know, it would, it would be unbelievable to have the fans back in August and then me boxing back in Belfast in the field again. Michael, that would be something special. Honestly, I, I tell you now, from everyone here on TalkSport 2, for myself and Gareth A. Davis, good luck in that fight against Baluta. Look, you're going to get it done. We know you're going to get it done. I'm not putting pressure on you, but you will get the job done. Good luck, and fingers <laughs> crossed course. it is a world title shot uh, at the back end of the year as well. Michael Conlon there, um, unbeaten fighter, fantastic fighter, fantastic amateur fighter now, obviously doing really good things in the pro game as well. All right, you're listening to Final Extra here on TalkSport 2. Remember here every single Monday afternoon to discuss all the latest from the world of boxing and MMA. If you have missed any other show or would like to listen again, then you can check out our podcast over at TalkSport.com under the Fight Night banner. Up next, we talk all things MMA. Here we go. Undefeated digital superstar Jake the Problem Child Paul. 
Heartland, Wisconsin, USA, Funky Ben Askew. Jake Paul sparred with former world champion Jean Pascal. And Give my money, Jake. Finish him. Yeah, Finish him. Finish him. Finish him. Finish him. What a the craziest moment of my life. I told y'all I was gonna do it in the first round. I told y'all I'm a real fighter. I don't know how many times I gotta prove myself, but this is for real. It is Final Extra here on TalkSport 2. Myself, Adi Oladipo, and the great Gareth A. Davis. Uh, the digital champion uh, won again. I've never heard that before. Michael Buffer must be slightly embarrassed saying that. He must be. Deep down inside, Gareth, he must be laughing. But the digital champion is still unbeaten. Um... <laughs> is he a real fighter, though? I mean, at what point do we say he actually can throw hands? He got decent hands, I think, Gareth. Yeah, look, you've got to re remember here, he was up against uh, an MMA fighter who was a wrestler all his career, mm. who ground out victories by getting people to the mat, and there was no mat in the boxing ring for Ben Askren to escape to. And I've got to say as well, in the weigh-in, he really did look oh, daddy-shaped, didn't looked he? Worse you know, than daddy, granddaddy-shaped. There was a big tire there. Yeah, there was a big yeah. tire around the belly. He clearly yeah. hadn't trained hard. Um, and he got uh, caught by a big hand. Isn't he, so isn't he, he cheating the fans a bit there? Because look, we we've Ben Askren what, fights at 170 or used to fight at 170. He weighed in at 191 pounds and I can tell that was 21 pounds of fat. There wasn't an ounce of muscle on that body. He clearly hadn't trained a day. I mean, hit a couple of pads, yes and no. But I know he had hip surgery a few, what, I think about a year ago. He hasn't trained for that fight, has he? He hasn't. No, at all. I, don't, I don't think he had. And he was picking up six hundred thousand, <laughs> picking up six hundred thousand dollars for the deal. So you know, um, look, he 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 promoted the fight well, mm. but he wasn't a great opponent for Jake Paul. We do need to find out now if he really can box. I love the idea of Tommy Fury love going it. In sold. Yeah, I, I mean, sold. It, it's a big event, and and obviously That's Jake massive. Paul accepted straight away, but said, "I want Tyson Fury involved," which as well. is a bit. It's a big event. Yeah, that's huge. That happens, I mean, I don't know if Jake Paul. I'm sure he does know that you know Tommy Fury's got a bit of a following over here because of Love Island he's a massive superstar on these shores so look I, I would accept that both of them are very novice -y. I think it's fair to say right Tommy Fury's still a novice I'll sign up for that one. Let's move away from YouTube boxing or, or whatever it's called, <laughs> boxing nowadays. Let's talk some real MMA stuff for a bit. Um, I want to start with UFC before we talk about Paul Daly and Bellator. Um, Big win, I think, for Robert Whittaker over Kevin Gastelum, or Calvin Gastelum. Um, that's his third in a row now, isn't it, since that loss to Adesanya. That's it, right? We are going to see Adesanya versus Robert Whittaker again. It has to happen, and hopefully it happens in Australia in front of a massive crowd. Yeah, absolutely. Is Izzy Adesanya against Robert Whittaker is massive down mm. under. Um, and, and obviously, Robert Whittaker wasn't himself. He'd been out for a while. Yeah. He wasn't himself in that fight against Izzy. Whether Izzy's got his number, he probably has mm. because he's got such incredible pirouetting style with those feet and his hands and his knees. And we know how tough he is yeah. because he went five rounds with Kelvin Gastelum as well, didn't he? An mm. And that, that, that looked a bit different, didn't it? Yeah, but, yeah. but I thought Robert Whittaker is one of the most um, intelligent point fighters in yeah. all MMA. Um, you, you know, you talk about an MMA fighter in Ben Askren not being able to, to use his hands. Whittaker's a former boxer, mm. is very, very clever at moving in and out of range. You look at the victories over some real tough contenders, the likes of Yoel Romero. He and went those kind 50 of guys. minutes with Yoel Romero. Exactly. When you, when you mean, think about that already. Exactly. And he yeah. is the soldier of God. Yes. He? 
proper beast. Proper, and, proper beast. But I, so, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's all set up for a great fight. Obviously, Izzy couldn't make it at a, a light heavyweight. That mm. wasn't his... His metier it wasn't his level. That happens. It wasn't his size, etc., etc. Jan um, Blakovic was far too much for him. But uh, yeah, look, really looking forward to that one. Um, and it, and you know, UFC have got some great events set up now mm. coming up with Leon Edwards and Nate Diaz, Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier announced in Las Vegas with a full crowd for July the tenth. Jorge Kamaru. Exactly. That's coming up, obviously, this weekend. That's yeah, that is Jorge this Masvidal, weekend. Kamaru Usman yeah. for, the, for the UFC welterweight crown. Rematch for those two. Full camp for Masvidal. He looks in great shape. No excuses this um, time. No, exactly. So, mm. uh, no, it, it's, an, it's another great matchup, Whitaker and Adesanya. We had to see it again because we definitely saw an off-colour Whitaker that night. Yeah, I do want to get your thoughts as well on Paul Daly at uh, Semtex, right? Just because, for those of you who don't understand the Semtex things, because literally this guy carries craziness in both hands right power in both hands um we haven't seen him in the the octagon for it's been a while i'm trying to think october 2019 uh, is yep. it that far back it's been a while back right um uh, beat hamasi in a wild brawl on the weekend has come out and said look you want to see me again you know you got to pay the ching you know i want to know my worth will we see him again will scott coca pay the money to see him again well, I spoke to Scott Coker last night, believe it or not. Uh, we yeah, I, I believe it. I believe it. Uh, no, we did. We had a great chat because um, I caught up on the last three Bellator events. Obviously, I'm part of the uh, the uh, broadcast team for those events on the BBC iPlayer. And, and the, the, the thing is about Paul Daly. He said to Scott Coker, look, let's create um, a BMF belt in Bellator for £175 <laughs> mm. and I'll fight anyone at £175, not £170. Look, Paul Daly is in something like a 60... 62nd MMA fight, something Crazy. like that, on Friday nights, and, and from the Mohegan Sun Arena. And look, um, it reminded me of one of the great rounds of MMA fighting from the past involving Paul Daly and Nick Diaz. Oh my God, that was, was, that, up, was that 10 years ago? It was 10 years ago yeah. last week, exactly. And it was in Strike Force. Scott Coker uh, was, the, was, the, was the owner of Strike Force at the time. And he said, it's, it, it's the Hagler Hearns, isn't it, mm. of, of MMA. And they both, it was like they were fighting on ice. That it was night. crazy. It was crazy. Every time they tagged each other, they the went other down. one went down. <laughs> and in the end, Paul Daly got caught and he was knocked out on his feet and he landed like a brick. Mm. And he was really in trouble against Sabah Hamasi mm. on Friday night at the Mohegan Sun Arena. And somehow he pulled it out, turned it around, and he did exactly the same again. Like you say, he's got Semtex in his knees and those two hooking hands left and right, and he did it again. And he's he's a crowd pleaser. But overall, though, those three Bellator events have really delivered. And I thought last Friday night it was an exceptional card with massive pace. As I was saying mm. earlier, that the fighters were in the cage quickly. The fights really delivered. Vadim Nemkov. Um, still held on to the belts, the light heavyweight belts in their Grand Prix. Mm. He goes through to the semi-finals, and I think he's the best lightweight, uh, light heavyweight in the world at the moment. And he's facing, of course, the winner of Yoel Romero and Anthony Rumble Johnson, who fight on May the seventh. That the fight, other bracket, that fight is so dangerous; it should almost be illegal. Oh, that that is exactly. going to be the most brutal light heavyweight fight we've seen in years. Brutal. Absolutely. 
Uh, and on the other side of the bracket in the semi-finals now, you've got Ryan Bader mm. against Corey Anderson. Another amazing fight. So I think they've got it nailed by having uh, tournaments because people love tournaments and the fighters love it as well. That's it for this week. Thank you once again for downloading the podcast. We'll be live again next Monday on TalkSport 2. And if you miss us, make sure to subscribe to Fight Night Podcast to catch up with all our other episodes. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.